Okay, so you are Blacklist, but what is your real name? Uh, my real name is Asa Titus Featherstone IV. Oh, I like that. Fancy. Um, so, Asa, what I know about Blacklist is I work for, um, we support the government. It's a defense company that I work for, and we have, um, we run something in the background of all our customers and anyone that comes in through the building, you're, you're kind of put into this this application where they run your name, your company, everything. So you're, so what we're looking for is to see if you're on the blacklist, uh, make sure that we can't do business with you and whatnot. So as a black man, um, how does that, how would you say you would correlate to being on the blacklist, especially with like our just recent uh, you know, number 45, right? Like, how does it, did you feel like you were part of a black list? I mean, not that, I don't know if anything is going to change in the next four years, but in the last four years, how has that made you feel? Or how did it make you feel? I mean, been on a, been on a black list for an entire life. So I think it was just uh, heightened in the last four years. Uh, I mean, even growing up, there's so many different, if you think about the word like blacklist, like we are essentially, it's, you, you kind of get exiled just by, from being. And so, uh, you know, that comes in so many different forms, you know, in a literal sense, I can, you know, recount memories and things where, uh, you know, I was trying to get something to eat with my dad one time and because uh, of our presence, because of our skin. We weren't served food. And that was a form of uh, a way to, for these uh, people, these restaurant owners to assert their power and to say that, to show that, you know, we don't know anything about you, but truly just because you look a certain way, we don't trust you and you're gonna, we're not even gonna engage. You're, uh, you're no longer a part of this community or this society. Um, and you see that in like uh, uh, in like in a, in a broader sense, I think um, we are distrusted as people um, in certain like business business acquisitions and business uh, career paths and things too. Like you know, uh, black people are told or are told the narrative that they are only trusted in certain avenues being like sports and um and entertainment and that's that's all you can be and anything outside of that if you want to be like a black lawyer or artist or skateboarder or whatever people in that industry in that world don't trust you um so that stuff's been going on forever you think about the last four years um that was it was just only heightened like i said so you know we had the you know, we had the Obama era where we were able to kind of have this honeymoon phase where um, the racism was kind of put uh, underneath and it was hidden for a while. And um, because we had a black man at the lead, um, he was our advocate. He was the one that we were able to lean into and people thought that we were great. We didn't realize that there were so many people that were in the opposition of that movement of that era. And they have been uh, uh, charging up and gearing up for this last era that we just actually exited. Somehow we made it out, great. Um, and, you know, 
because there was so much, so much that was under the surface and that was building up in that in that timeline, we ended up with number 45. And who was the most overt, uh, sinister version, I feel like, of America. But, the, but also the purest and most true. We've always been a space where um, white has been king and um, uh, and we, you know, people of, and people who are not into that, that don't fit into that, that category or that box are literally getting pushed out of the country. And uh, you know, and as a as a black as a black man, thinking about that and experiencing that, none of it is none of it is going to be surprising or new. Like you know, it just it just confirmed that we've always been in a space. I've always been always lived in a space. Parents live in this space. My grandparents have always lived in this space that isn't designed for them, and it is an environment has been created over so many, so many years uh, uh, that wants us to be inferior and doesn't allow us to succeed and to progress. And I just think, um, you know, so over the last four years, things haven't been surprising to me. Um, it's just been, uh, uh, just I guess put more on the surface. Uh, does that answer that question? Yeah, yeah, and actually, um, I mean, I'm brown, right? Sure. I'm brown, but I, I personally haven't seen so much of that happen to myself, being brown versus black. I mean, I guess, now that I'm just more aware, I think, do you think more people are aware now in the last four years that it's been this way for black people? Or, I mean, do you think there's been any kind of change in the last four years? I mean, I've, I've noticed like white people asking a lot more questions now than they have in the past. There's so much more focus now on black and brown than ever before. But have has there, are we just seeing it now because we're not black then? Is that what you're saying? Is that kind of what I'm getting Yeah, at? <laughs> I, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. I think that, uh, it's a great question. I think that, um, yeah, there's been an emergence of awareness uh, in, the, in the inequities that we've been going through our, our entire lives. Um, and a lot of that is because it has been so overt and it's less uh, happening in the background now. Like a lot of the, again, like the leader that we had, if you want to call it a leader, the leader we had over the last four years showed like it was, there was nothing to hide anymore. It was like, this is what it is. This is what we want. And I think, um, you know, people had to pay attention because everything was so extreme. And so I think that that brought more awareness to it, um, to a lot of the uh, injustices that are that are taking place, but also, um, uh, you know, I feel like things heightened even more just this past in the past twelve months. Um, one because uh, we are we were in a pandemic, we still are, but because all of our focus had shifted 
um, from us living our own individual lives to it just kind of being focused into, you know what, there's nothing else going on here. We are all following the same news cycle. We're all in the same media, like media realm, whether you pick a different, uh, pick different, like uh, different actually media companies that you follow, but you all are kind of getting similar stories. Um, you, our focus had been narrowed now. And so people are almost forced to pay attention because there's nowhere else that's gonna avert your attention. And the and uh, even though your privilege is still there from not being able to see that, um, there's less barriers that you can put in, in place to keep you from looking into it. So what has been your personal experience with with all the changes that's happened like even with the pandemic right you said there's more of a focus now on um all this race stuff and but how is that how has that affected you personally in your goals and who you are and being on that blacklist has there been any i guess just yeah. your experience in general um i mean my goals, to be honest, like I think my goals, they never, they never really changed. It just kind of been accelerated. I think I've always been in the, in the, the, the camp of liberating Black people and uh, allowing us to, um, to live our lives the way that we feel that we need to, not the way that th this place feels that we should, and that has been accelerated because of the pandemic and because I think naturally just because of everything that we went through um, with uh, the the people that we had lost and the murders that had taken place and the police brutality and things. And so for me personally, um, you know, it, the, so for me, I think if you're speaking specifically about the pandemic, it, it brought it brought up things that I wanted to forget, things that I wanted to push down, and it was something that uh, you know, seeing you know George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, uh, Jacob Blake, it, it's it's just it's crazy that I even had to just continue to memorize a list and remember a list of my brothers and sisters, and the way that that like I, and and the things that that kind of does to you uh, is so like traumatic and people throw that word around, but there's no other word that kind of really describes it because it is something that, that emotionally you, you can't really explain. And before a lot of this stuff was taking place that, you know, you try to, I've tried to kind of suppress some of these things, put them away because I had to, you have to, to kind of blend in in order to, to thrive as like a, as a black person. I mean, growing up, you know, I started out in the black community. I got moved, uh, we moved like midway through like, you know, middle school age and things. And so I was around more white people for the first time. And so I, um, there weren't, there weren't a, a ton of people that experienced the things that I had gone through. And so there were things that you kind of had to just put down to, sh to, to create some shell in order to survive because uh, the, the world, the, that world is not kind to, to us. And so 
um, you have to uh, code switch uh, in order to continue to, to move through. But in doing that, you, uh, at least I have not, had not been giving myself the opportunity to really um, uh, feel and uh, uh, like really feel the 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 weight uh, or or deal with the weight of the, the the tragedies that have gone on in my life and in others, um, and so I so personally, I guess within the last four years, I have been more cognizant and more intentional in and bringing those experiences in, in, to, to light and being able to attack them head on because it's, again, it goes back to liberation of, of our people without, without being able to address and, and when you continue to suppress and keep those things down, you limit yourself as people. And so um, I think now, and continue to have these conversations and continuing to bring this stuff to light, you know, hopefully we can, I can play a part in helping us all be our honest, black, beautiful, wonderful selves. Nice. So I just have one last thing. You said the word cold switch. I've only heard that word from a black person. Mm -hmm. So can you just kind of tell me like in your words what that means to yeah. you? Yeah, I think cold switching can come in different forms, but I think most in its most black and white form, it's it, a lot of black people do it. So it's it's just something that you, it's like a, think of like uh, like an iguana or something. That, you know how iguanas uh, or is it chameleons? Chameleons. Think of yourself as a chameleon who uh, kind of shifts and changes their shape and their appearance in order to blend in to protect themselves. That's essentially what code switching is. So uh, thinking of it from a, from a black person standpoint you're in like a white space you're going to change your language you're going to change the way that you walk in the way that you uh, the conversations that you talk that you have in order to protect yourself so that you don't isolate yourself and uh, uh, and uh, potentially become uh, a victim of other sorts of like racism okay thank you